From the birthplace of radio's greatest era. Now, from New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Unlike anything else on radio today, it's a front row seat for great information with today's leading experts. Travel with a third generation travel icon, Linda Perillo. The Fox News Medical All-Stars featuring Dr. Mark Siegel, Dr. Marty McCary, Dr. Jeanette Nishwat, and the OG, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Legal analysis from former prosecutor and court journalism superstar Imran Ansari and Christine Nicholas. The quintessential heartbeat to New York hospitality. All joining legendary broadcast pro Kevin McCullough on a mission unlike any other. United to bring back New York. Now, live from Studio 111, here's Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough, a very special edition uh, today. Uh, we, we, we've got some interesting things to discuss. For those of you that normally listen to me with uh, Imran Ansari, uh, he is away on vacation, uh, and it's just going to be, you know, good old KMC. We've got uh, some special guests coming up. We've got a former lieutenant governor of the state of New York uh, who has a phenomenal piece in the New York Post today about the affirmative action lawsuit uh, or the uh, court case. And then we've also got a Sixth Circuit judge that's going to join us to talk about the impact of the other uh, SCOTUS uh, decisions that came down last week. I wrote about this in my weekend column at Town Hall and... I said then that we were seeing the lasting impact of one of the most pivotal presidencies in the history of the country. Um, A past president who took with grave seriousness his job to serve the people and delivered on something that he had campaigned on, that he was going to get judges that were originalist in their intent, that were textualist in their practice, and that they were going to sit on the courts. When he was, when he was in office, that's what President Donald Trump said. Uh, that's what he did. He, he said it on the campaign trail. He did it in office. And I think it's hard to look at the decisions from last week and say that they don't benefit Americans. That you, you saw a lot of rhetoric and a lot of propaganda coming from one side of the political aisle following the affirmative action case. But really, the moaning and complaining that came out was so specious in its veracity. Like, there was, there was nothing to it. And eventually, those critics just kind of had to, like, shut up, which I don't think is such a bad deal. But the accumulating effect, when you look at Roe v. Wade from a year ago, when you look at the affirmative action case this year, when you look at the religious liberties cases that came down last week, when you look at the college tuition forgiveness case that came down this last week, when you take these as a whole, what you are seeing is a remarkable seismic shift, I would argue, in the jurisprudence of where our courts and laws are headed for at least the foreseeable near future. There's some debate about what this court's going to go down and, and, and known as in, in the future. I, it's going to be called the Trump court. Because, and I was talking with um, a station was interviewing me from Salt Lake City on Monday after my column came out on Sunday. And they were, you know, one of the hosts was taking some issue with me about that. And I said, how, how, how can you look at it any other way? The three justices that Trump got there have played the most pivotal role in what was the John Roberts court. John Roberts had proceeded to run a 5-4 court for most of the time that he's been there. You remember Roberts took William Rehnquist's place as the chief justice and all the other associate justices, um, you know, were usually pretty well divided and oftentimes John Roberts, and he's disappointed on some of the bigger cases, um, had had not been, you know, so great for people that are fans of originalism and textualism. But when Scalia passed, when you had the openings that you had uh, between Kavanaugh, Coney Barrett, 
and um, Gorsuch, you had the potential then to to put three stellar legal minds that had originalist leanings, textualist practice, and had records to match that. And now they've now they've taken that to the to the top court. Anyway, um, so what do, what do all these wins mean? Well, Roe v. Wade a year ago, and it's still people are still smarting about this all over the place. I mean, I, I got chewed out on a call from a listener uh, yesterday. So one had called my voicemail, or, you know, n- urgently needing to speak with me. I don't always do this, but I, I called him back and I said, you know, what can I do for you? And he said, you got to stop. You got to stop talking about why Roe v. Wade was a good thing. I said, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't like it. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the most liberal justice that we've ever had. Well, I don't know. Katani Jackson's probably going to outpace her considerably. But up until that point, the the most leftward leaning justice that we had had was RBG. And she said, as she taught young law students, she said that Roe v. Wade was garbage. It was poorly decided, poorly argued. Um, and, and RBG and Antonin Scalia agreed on that. Now, years later, she would argue the precedent of Roe v. Wade and, and some other things that would always kind of make someone scratch their head. But she did say originally that Roe v. Wade was, was not good law. And it was just poorly. It was just a bad case. But this year, you add to the Roe v. Wade decision, you add to that um, ending explicit racist policies in admissions in colleges. And I've got Lieutenant Governor McCoy coming up. We're going to talk about really what Gorsuch argues is that this is going to spill over into uh, the employment arena as well, and as well it should. First thing that went through my mind when the when the admissions decision came down, I said, "Well, now this is precedent to take to the workforce. If it's if it's not okay to use racism to hire people." I mean, to to give people admission to college, it certainly shouldn't be okay to use racism to hire people. So you've got that huge decision. Um, The individual's right to practice his faith. This was one of the bigger cases, and it didn't get much um, play. But a post office employee worships on a day that the post office wanted to require him to work to keep his job. And in a remarkable adherence to the um, respect of the individual's right to believe, they said that uh, the employer had to make accommodation for it. It was pretty remarkable. But then you've got, on top of that, you've got the head-on collision between the faith and the practice of one's faith versus other people's practice of sexuality. And that was where the creative designer in Colorado will not have to build websites for gay couples and other people that are doing things that that person's faith does not allow them to be okay with. And it's not just going to be everyone's, Oh, well, it's just anti-gay. No, it's anti anything that's non biblical sexuality that that designer didn't want to build websites for If she had had, for example, uh, someone reach out to her and say, Hey, I, w- I want to make a porn site and you've got to build it for me. She could, she would make the same argument that she made in the uh, homosexual couples wedding website. I don't agree with either of these sexual expressions. I would choose not to work on this on this project same thing if if you know an illicit uh, adulterous couple came forward and said we want you to build us a, a website that celebrates our adultery well it's unlikely that that would happen but she would still have the same same pause and say justification saying i can't agree with that i, I don't want to be part and by rendering my service to what you're wanting here we're in essence you're in essence getting me to agree with you Anyway, uh, we've got a lot to talk about on some of these cases. Kevin McCullough, so glad to have you with us. Stay here. 
Over the past 20 years, a quiet revolution has transformed medicine. Many conditions that once required major surgery can now be treated with procedures that are far less invasive and often far more effective. Are you aware of these alternatives? Join Dr. Dan Simon for All Things Health, where he discusses cutting-edge medical advances that are providing alternatives to traditional surgery. Dr. Simon is an experienced interventional radiologist who has helped thousands of patients experience dramatic improvements, all without traditional surgery. Dr. Simon will explain latest medical breakthroughs so you can be fully aware of your options. Listen to All Things Health on AM 970 The Answer on Sundays and Saturdays on AM 570 and 102.3 FM The Mission WMCA. Have questions? Call Dr. Simon at 1-844-534-3621 or visit allthingshealth.ai or listen to All Things Health on AM 970 The Answer on Sundays and AM 570 102.3 FM The Mission WMCA on Saturdays. To learn more, visit allthingshealth.ai. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-333-1750. 1750. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750 or biglou.com. Hi, it's Joe Piscopo for Perillo Tours. Did I tell you I'm going to Rome and Sicily this year with my friend Steve Perillo? Hey, you want to go? It's simple. You just call 800-431-1550 and say, I want to go to Apollonia's hometown with Joey. Make it happen, baby. How does that sound? Rome, three nights, including a special intimate performance by yours truly. Then we fly directly to Sicily, visiting Catania, Taormina, Palermo, some medieval towns like Savoca and Forza d'Agro in Messina. Why? Because we're going to visit some iconic sites from famous Godfather scenes. How cool is that? Can't leave Sicily until you have a wine tasting in the shadow of Mount Etna. We will do that too. Then on to Palermo for three more nights. Call Perillo Tours at 800-431-1515, 800-431-1515, or visit please PerilloTours.com. I feel so stuck. The Veterans Crisis Line is here for you. Dial 988, then press 1 to call. AM 97, the answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Officer Tatum here. It is critical we keep AM radio in all cars and all trucks. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for news, weather, and opinions. AM is also the backbone of emergency alert systems, keeping you advised on threatening weather conditions and amber alerts. Text AM to the number 52886. Tell Congress that we need AM radio in our cars. Again, text AM to the number 52886. Standard message and data rates may apply. Our hosts tell it like it is. No safe spaces here. AM 970, the answer. And now, back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough, you know that uh, I like to talk about legal things, uh, particularly on uh, Thursdays, but uh, really throughout the course of my broadcasting, uh, I've, I've always had a fascination with how the law works with everyday life. And uh, I had this thing that went through my mind last week before the, before the real onslaught of all of the good decisions came down, when, when just the affirmative action decision came down, I thought to myself, huh, there's, this is a very interesting decision uh, that, yes, it affects the, the, the schools in North Carolina and Harvard, um, but I don't know. I think it may go further than that. And someone else who shares that opinion has written about it in the New York Post. You know her as a Lieutenant Governor Betsy McCoy, uh, who was the last Lieutenant Governor 
that we had uh, of, of an administration that I liked in New York State. Uh, Betsy, it's good to have you back on the air. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you. And I'm so glad that you raised the same question in your mind. When I read the opinions, and particularly Justice Neil Gorsuch's concurring opinion, it really became apparent, Gorsuch made it very clear, that this ruling goes way beyond colleges. He said, take a look at the Civil Rights Act of 1964 on which the ruling is based. One section of that, called Title VI, bars federally funded colleges from discriminating. But right next door, Title VII prohibits employers from discriminating. And the language is almost identical. Gorsuch says the meaning is identical. And so this is going to have a big impact on the things you see being done in the corporate world, the quotas, the minority-only internships, the affinity programs, the diversity training. And uh, the, the lawyers who deal with this most often uh, and the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission have already said, whoa, this is very big news for the corporate world. Yeah. Well, you know, Governor, it's one of those things where uh, there may have been a, a perfectly good time and place for a correction of some sort uh, in, you know, what where where businesses and where schools were practicing discrimination to have that discrimination corrected. But I thought yeah. to myself, as this as this case came down, I thought, you know, we really do live in a different country than at the time when these standards were put into place because it was yet another minority group that had been the most severely impacted and hence was the, the rationale and reason for the court saying, look, if we do racial preferences, then at some point in time, it always excludes another uh, preference for another uh, You're racial so group. Right. The two things you said, Kevin, first of all, that uh, you can imagine that these preferences being used as a correction. And in fact, shortly after the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was passed, there was a Supreme Court case, the U.S. Steelworkers case, where the court said, in the narrow circumstance where a company has a history of discriminating and can point to that history and say, we are now offering preferences to another group of people until we offset the impact of that discrimination, that's fine. It has to be temporary and it has to be very narrowly tailored. That's the word they use, narrowly tailored to correct the discrimination that particular company was engaged in. But that's not what's happening these days. And I'll give you some examples of the kinds of things the court is going to look at. For example, Pfizer recently had an internship for college grads. They could come work at Pfizer. They would get a lot of special training and then a full-time job offer and then a free graduate school. But you had to be a minority. If you were a white person, you were not eligible. Well, <laughs> that didn't last very long. The legal... Uh, pressure on Pfizer to change that was almost immediate. But BlackRock has a very similar uh, analyst program right now that excludes people who are not minorities. So there's going to be uh, many, many lawsuits coming up. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the companies boast in their annual reports, we are going to increase minority representation in top management by 50% over the next year. That's a typical kind of bragging statement in an annual report that's going to be declared illegal because as you pointed out hiring and promoting are zero sum if they're going to make all of the promotions among minorities that means that other people non-minorities are going to be left behind and they're working hard they want to get promoted too so i want to ask you a, a little bit off the the legal part of this uh betsy we're speaking with lieutenant governor betsy mccoy uh, who has written a great piece on this in the new york post um, in the response by the minority, you had the justices, Katani Jackson and Sotomayor specifically, coming out talking about the folly of a colorblind uh, system or a colorblind uh, uh, school or, or colorblind, uh, et cetera, as though, not, not as though that it could not be aimed for, but that instead it was a fiction that could never exist. And I yes, thought to they, myself they didn't at even the time, want to see it happen. 
But I thought to myself at the time, this is a sad statement in terms of the people that have this mindset because the founding yeah. hope of the founders was that it was an equal starting place for all people and that the farther you got depended more on your effort and pursuit than almost anything else. On merit. There's nothing in this about merit. And it's very interesting that you raise the issue of the three dissenting justices because, in fact, the court has been pounded by the left for, for doing what the left claims is departing from precedent. But, in fact, it's the three dissenting justices who wrote those opinions who were departing from precedent because the, the Supreme Court never never approved of racial preferences, what are called affirmative action, to correct uh, or right the, wrong, the injustices of history. It was always to promote diversity. Now, of course, a majority of the justices see that claiming that diversity of skin color produces diversity of viewpoint is kind of a scam. <laughs> really, that's what they said. Well, I was just about to say, look at the justices themselves. You have African-Americans right. and women on both sides. That's right. It's really racist to assume that the skin color will determine how somebody thinks. Yeah, and sexist as well. I mean, it's, sexist you know. Sexist as well, right. Yeah. That's right. So let me ask you, what what is the timeline, do you think, before these standards make their way into the workforce? Are, are, there, are there lawsuits already well, being prepped? Oh, yeah, there are many lawsuits going on right now. Uh, American Express is being sued by three plaintiffs in one suit, uh, three plaintiffs, it's a class action suit, actually, who claim that the Amex was sending a message that white uh, employees aren't really appreciated, that they want to they wanna push ahead minorities in the management ranks, and the whites are getting in the way. So... There are quite a few lawsuits going on right now, some jury judgments already in favor of people who have claimed reverse discrimination. Uh, it, there are going to be many, many, many more lawsuits in the future against these big companies that, believe me, they think they're well-intentioned, right, especially in the wake of George Floyd's death. They think they're doing the right thing, but they forget that the non-minority employees are also working hard and they want to be promoted and they want to be recognized for their merit too. Yeah. I think a colorblind aim should be what we what we aim for. Uh, we may not achieve it in a perfect way, but I think that the more you aim for that ideal, the closer you get to it. And certainly if you don't aim for it at all, you'll always fall short of it. Uh, Betsy McCoy, so thank right. you for your time with me. I so appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it too. You got it. Reader in the New York Post, Kevin McCullough, coming right back. Stay here. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters reporting. Three wooden crosses outside a small Los Angeles church have been found burned, and authorities say it's being investigated as a possible hate crime. A fire department spokesperson says firefighters responded to a report of a fire shortly before 5 a.m. Thursday in the Silmar area and found the flames were already out, leaving smoldering wood. One cross had either fallen over or been knocked down in a rock garden in front of Silmar Christian Fellowship Church. Threads, Meta's text-based app, seemingly built to rival Twitter, is live. The app, billed as the text version of Meta's photo-sharing platform Instagram, became available Wednesday night to users in more than 100 countries, and millions signed up within its first hours. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 366 points. The Nasdaq dropped 112. More details at srnnews.com. This is Dennis Prager. Visit the Holy Land with me, Mike Gallagher, and Inspiration Cruises and Tours. No other trip will be like the Stand with Israel Tour. Call 855-565-5519 or visit standwithisraeltour.com. Hey everybody, it's Hezekiah Walker here. Don't miss your Sunday morning celebration with yours truly, Hezekiah Walker, 7 a.m. on AM 970, The Answer. We are playing the best in gospel worship to lift your praises to God. So join me this Sunday morning and get your worship on with Sunday morning celebration with yours truly, Hezekiah Walker. To find more celebration, just follow me on Facebook, the official Hezekiah Walker page, Bishop Hez on IG, and the Hezekiah Walker YouTube channel. 
Courage. I learned it from my adoptive mom. Hold my hand. You hold my hand. <laughs> Learn about adopting a team from foster care at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michael's of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michael's of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michael's of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michael's of Brooklyn signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michael's of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. Are you considering a unique way to enhance your investment knowledge this year? Then sign up today for the all-inclusive Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Along with our trusted partner, The Money Show, we're setting sail this December to explore some of the most beautiful and unspoiled destinations in the Caribbean. But this is no ordinary vacation. It's a chance to learn from top Eagle Financial experts like best-selling authors George Gilder, Mark Skousen, and others who will be hosting a series of workshops and seminars throughout the trip. Imagine lounging on the sun deck while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals or enjoying a gourmet dinner at the same table with one of our leading financial authorities. This once-in-a-lifetime cruise is a perfect way to combine education and relaxation to achieve your investment goals. This cruise will sell out quickly, so visit EagleFinancialCruise.com today to learn more and to secure your cabin. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. From New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough, as I promised earlier, we, we're going to take a look at, um, as we have uh, throughout the show today, uh, some uh, aspects of the Supreme Court cases because as I wrote at townhall.com over the weekend, uh, I believe this was a ginormous sweep of victories. If you are an originalist and a textualist, if you're an originalist in uh, philosophy and theory about law, then these were big, big wins. And if you're a textualist, you love this as well because it gets people going back to what does the constitution say? And I thank uh, Lieutenant Governor McCoy for being with me in the last segment. But I'm excited to talk to my next guest uh, because uh, uh, we we don't have often uh, this kind of expertise while they are in the midst of of um, proving their expertise. And Judge Amul Thapar is of the uh, United States uh, Circuit Court of Appeals, Sixth Circuit, and he's just written the book, The People's Justice, Clarence Thomas and the Constitutional Stories That Define Him. Uh, I, I love everything about Justice Thomas, and I'm eager to see how this book compares to other biographies that I've taken a look at and even the documentary that uh, was released last year on his life. But Judge Thapar, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. You got it. Um, let me just ask you first the about the, the most obvious connection to you, and that is Judge uh, uh, Justice Thomas uh, writing in one of the most uh, – <laughs> Uh, vigorous uh, concurring opinions, I think, that he's written of his career with the affirmative action um, majority. Um, one, why did he feel it was important to write that concurrence? And uh, what did he feel like he needed to say that the opinion for the court didn't quite cover? You know, for his entire tenure on the bench, and the book talks about this in chapters two and three, where it talks about both vouchers and affirmative action. He has been making the case pretty passionately and convincingly, at least in now the court's mind, that affirmative action is an unconstitutional band-aid 
on a much bigger problem. Mm -hmm. And the bigger problem is the failing, to the extent people are cast into failing schools, young children cast into failing schools. As the book recounts, Justice Thomas was someone who grew up dirt poor, so poor that he couldn't, often didn't get two meals a day, let alone three. His mom made $10 every week. She had to give them to his grandfather for his grandfather to raise him and his brother. His grandfather had a third grade education and understood, and interestingly, this is chapter two in the book, education means emancipation. And so what did his grandfather do? And that's quoting Frederick Douglass. He saved every nickel he had, the sons, a young Clarence Thomas and his brother, to Catholic schools. What Clarence Thomas sees now, and chapter two talks about this, the voucher program, you see the Cleveland schools failing and in that particular case. And that case talks about what the students were going through, where they didn't have soap and um, toilet paper and the basic necessities in their school. 25 buildings, 14 to 25 buildings had been condemned. And so what was their way out? It was vouchers. And Justice Thomas talks about how we've cast these kids in inferior schools despite the promise of Brown and at the same time used affirmative action to help elitists feel good about themselves so that the school looks like they want it to look. And that's what he talks about. The other thing he talks about affirmative action and the casthood of victimhood is he talks about that blacks, when given the opportunity, will be victors, not victims. And we should not, by casting them as inferior, saying you need lower test scores, you need these things, we are telling them they are victims. And he said that is completely inappropriate. The final point, and then I'll stop, is he makes often is affirmative action puts a stigma on the people who even get there through pure meritocracy. Yep. And so it's interesting after the case, they say, well, Justice Thomas benefited from affirmative action. Well, how do they know that? He was ninth in his class at Holy Cross, grew up dirt poor. I mean, you could take a white kid with the same exact or an Asian kid or a Hispanic kid with the same exact background story. They might get into every college in America. We just don't know. But yet he carries that they want to cast that on him, which is ironic because they're proving his case. Yeah. No, I I think I've always felt that that was one of his strongest points. Um, If there is anything that uh, Justice Thomas seems to uh, belligerently rebel against, it is the automatic victimhood of the individual and the, the compulsory need for, you know, somebody to come in and save them from the outside, uh, which runs counter to what you were just describing. Everything that uh, the uh, the affirmative action kind of ethos that came about was, well, we're making up for past wrongs, but you've been so pushed down, so hurt, so so incapacitated. We've got to we've got to help you up and. And Justice Thomas is a is a standing, remarkable example that the opposite is true. Hard work, perseverance, initiative, those types of things. We're speaking with um, Judge Amol Thapar uh, of the Sixth Circuit, uh, and we're so honored to have him tonight. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to delve into some of the other Supreme Court cases as they got decided last week here with Calvin McCullough. Stay here. This is Sean. This is Juan Yeh. And we are Boys to Men. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to enjoy a free concert featuring the greatest R&B group of all time, Boys to Men. Saturday, July 8th, 8 p.m. at Eisenhower Park. Sponsored by NYU Langone Health. Before the show, be sure to check out Nassau's top-notch restaurants, golf courses, beaches, and shopping. Nassau is back and open for business. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, vice chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best, period. (laughs) So tune in, Eye on Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock 
on AM 970, The Answer. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're looking outside of big corporate control. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something worth watching. The new Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. SNC is home to Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Watch anytime on any screen, free 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Hugh Hewitt agrees with the Supreme Court. Affirmative action isn't affirmative action. Affirmative action was legal discrimination, and legal discrimination ought not to have been legal ever. No one ought to receive a benefit or have a penalty inflicted upon them on the basis of their race, nationality, ethnicity, or religion. And we're back to go. We're back to the 14th Amendment as it was intended to be when it was passed in the post-Civil War era. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 3, right before Joe Piscopo at 6, on AM 970, The Answer. Summer is not just about fun in the sun. It's also a great time to get healthy. Focus on your wellness and your brain with our new memory multivitamin. Energize your skin this summer with our enhanced vitamin C skin serum. The Invite Health Buy One Get One Free Independence Day Savings Event is on now. Buy any Invite Health product at suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Stop by an Invite Health store today to learn more about how to stay healthy with the help from one of our nutrition experts. Give us a call to order by phone right now at 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Listen to past shows and informative podcasts all at invitehealth.com. Visit invitehealth.com for our retail locations and to set up a free nutritional consultation in person, by phone, or by video. Take advantage of Invite's limited time, buy one, get one free Independence Day savings event. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That number again, 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 and evenings at 10 on AM 970. The answer. Ooh, what a little moonlight can do. It's Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. Ooh, what a little moonlight can do to you. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us uh, as we continue with our kind of legal examination of the Supreme Court's um, rulings and it was one after the 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 affirmative action ruling coming down on Thursday of last week was kind of a bombshell but then what happened on Friday where there were six others that went off um, three of which four of which were very very significant you had uh, one that dealt with the college tuition uh, uh, issue that uh, the president felt like he had the right to forgive college tuition debt that uh, people had incurred, which is basically redistribution of future tax dollars and wealth from one group to another. Uh, Then you had uh, a couple of cases that were built all around religious liberties that were up testing against, you know, kind of other uh, powers within the within the culture. The uh, the, uh, Colorado uh, web designer uh, certainly up against the same issue that it seemed like the court had already dealt with when it came to LGBTQ rights. Um, but uh, Judge, Judge Thapar, let me ask you, um, the religious liberties or the idea of religious liberty, which is embodied in our documents, um, really did come out on top, uh, you know, in a couple of ways last week. And I'm just curious from where you sit watching uh, those decisions come down, what your thoughts were about it. Yeah, so one of them um, involved a case I wrote about, and it was whether the businesses can like let's say someone has a sabbath on uh, sabbath on saturday or sunday for example but either day and they want an accommodation so that they can work on the other days this case was i, I believe if i remember correctly nine zero and the court said the title seven says that a business must provide a religious accommodation unless it would cause an undue hardship on the business and what had happened um, is in a case called TWA, the Supreme Court, in essence, laid out a test. And courts had interpreted that test as meaning that businesses only had to show a de minimis hardship, a, a small hardship, in an easier way to say it, a small hardship. But that's much different than undo. And what the Supreme Court did is they said, no, no, no undo means undo you can't rewrite the text 
And so it has to be an undue hardship. The advantage of these decisions, Judge, is that they are the precedent that now will be referred back to uh, when these, uh, when, the, when you know, cursory issues related to these are going to come up. And correct me if I'm wrong, but is it not a little bit of a seismic shift with the Supreme Court kind of back to originalism, back back to the text of the Constitution in, the, in these decisions? Yeah, I mean, I think the court, I think right now, to call it seismic is a little unfair to the court because I think Justice Thomas is, I make the case in the people's justice for 30 years has been consistent on this. And Justice Scalia was right there with him as they, the two of them were principal originalists. Have more originalists joined the courts writ large? Yes. I think that's not debatable. I think on the lower courts, you see it. I think at the Supreme Court, you know, we have now much more of the justices looking to the original meaning, including sometimes the dissenters. And so that makes it really interesting. As Justice Kagan said, you know, we're all originalists now. I think that is something that we should all pay attention to. And I hope that going forward, people will make originalist arguments to the judge. I'm going to interrupt you, though, because the what 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 I did notice about these decisions that I have not noticed about a lot of decisions over the last few years is that the dissenters were pretty hot-headed about it and they they went back into the chambers and read their decisions for the media and they they really uh kind of uh, forcefully uh said how much they disagreed with this and what i was taken by was the remarkable lack of what i felt was like constitutional depth to the arguments that they were making it, it they appealed oftentimes to emotion or to other things that were not related to the issue or the law itself that was being argued. Am I wrong in that perception? You know, I would take issue with that they um, were emotional. I think everyone can get heated at times. What I would say is they just approached the law in a different way, and they they were emotional because they thought they were right. And there's nothing wrong with that per se. It's just that maybe you think the majority got the better side of the argument. As lower court judges, we always think the majority is right because we have to follow it. <laughs> uh, okay, understood. Uh, g- g- well enough. Can can we touch on the college tuition forgiveness uh, case for a second? Because this was a this was a debate between the extent to which the executive has power to do certain things, and they kind of slapped his wrist and said, "No, sir, you don't have that power." Again, to go back to what the case was really about, set the student loans aside for a second. The question as an originalist, and I think everyone understands bicameralism and presentment. That means Congress has to vote on and pass laws and the president has to approve or veto them. And there's a process by which we pass laws. And if Congress doesn't speak clearly when they authorize an agency to exercise powers of vast economic and political significance, it doesn't matter what it is. So the the people today upset with that doctrine tomorrow will be happy with it because every, you know, ordinary Americans understandably look at the result and say that's the student loan case. But I think the the most the all the opinions are great. But the one opinion I would encourage people to read is Justice Barrett's 16 page concurrence in which she explains that when we do textualism and what you probably explained that because you use the term. But when we look at the text of a law, we do so um, at, with common sense and we don't as I'm going to quote Justice Scalia, if I may, elephants, elephants aren't hiding in mouse holes. And so if they meant if Congress meant to give the permission to the president to do something of significant economic consequence to the American people, they have to do so explicitly. And that that seems like, as Justice Barrett says, a common sense rule. She uses a great example that everyone can understand. If you leave your kids with a babysitter for the weekend and you say, take care of them, um, that doesn't automatically mean the babysitter can take them to Vegas and party with them, right? <laughs> it's true, yes. <laughs> Now, so she says, we can't leave common sense at the door. And I encourage everyone to read that because I think it's hard to dispute that she's what she's saying makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, we have been so honored to have Judge Amul Thapar with us. His book is The People's Justice, Clarence Thomas and the Constitutional Stories That Define Him. It is published by Regnery, our great sister uh, organization here at Salem. 
and uh, doing a great, great job. And I would really encourage everyone to pick it up and take a look at it. Uh, Clarence Thomas has become one of my uh, kind of side passions all over again in recent uh, months and years. And I look forward to completing it as well. Judge Thapar, thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Stay here. Save the Storks is an astounding organization. You talk about a ministry that's truly doing God's work, saving lives, because Save the Storks has been creating baby-saving medical vehicles called Stork Buses for over a decade. What's a Stork Bus? These are state-of-the-art mobile medical clinics. On board a Stork Bus, a woman can receive a pregnancy test, an ultrasound, prenatal care, resources, and so much more. Every Stork Bus is designed to meet the needs of women where they are in their pregnancy and help protect the sanctity of life. Your compassion can help these women today. I'm a monthly Save the Storks donor. I want you to be one too. I'm asking you to sign up and become a Save the Storks monthly partner. Your gift of just $35 a month will ensure that more women who are in an unplanned pregnancy are made aware of the choice for life for their babies and themselves. Donate now. Savethestorks.org slash Mike G. Savethestorks.org slash Mike G. Savethestorks.org slash Mike G. G. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. I've teamed up with Steve Perillo to create a special offer for our AM 970 family, a Perillo tour with yours truly in attendance three nights in Rome, seeing the important sites like the Vatican, the Colosseum, the Forum, as well as a special dinner performance by yours truly, then fly to Sicily and spend three nights in Taormina. Next, Taormina's Godfather Tour. Visit the medieval villages of Forza d'Agro and Savoca. See the famous Barbatelli where Michael Corleone asked Apollonia's father for her hand in marriage. Next, on to Palermo for three more nights before flying home. A Perillo Tour is a stress-free escorted vacation where you do not lift a finger. Call today 800-431-1515 800-431-1515 or please visit PerilloTours.com are you a small business owner wondering if you qualify for the employee retention credit? With careful accounting, you can receive up to $26,000 per W-2 employee in employee payroll tax refunds through this federal program. One call to 800-315-8175 is all it takes to find out if you qualify for the employee retention credit and possibly for quick funding with one of our accredited funding partners in as little as 72 hours. Our process has been thoroughly vetted by a team of experienced tax attorneys and CPAs, and our refund specialists will work tirelessly to get you every penny your business deserves. Plus, with our exclusive audit assistance guarantee, your business is protected. Call Careful Accounting now at 800-315-8175. See if you qualify for an ERC advance payment and get the cash your business needs to succeed. That's 800-315-8175. Your small business may qualify to receive up to $26,000 per W-2 employee in payroll tax refunds. Call 800-315-8175 now. AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Brandon Tatum is next on AM 970, The Answer. Once more, from New York, Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. All right, final few minutes uh, with you. Uh, and as we've been talking about uh, SCOTUS for the duration of the show, and thanks again to Judge Amol Thapar and uh, Betsy McCoy. Appreciate both of them making time for us. Um, this story about uh, Supreme Court Justice Katani Brown-Jackson, I, I don't want it to feel like we're, we're ganging up on her and, and beating her up for no reason. But when you put stuff in writing into your decisions as a justice, remember that Katani Brown Jackson could not define a woman. Remember, she was asked, how do you define a woman? And she she could not answer the question. She refused to answer the question. So when someone has that kind of disconnect from reality and or truth, There's got to be a certain degree of, you know, taking everything with a grain of salt when it comes to that person. And uh, uh, Katani Brown-Jackson, in her affirmative action uh, decision, which was um, which was a dissent to the to the um, to the carrying of the court, uh, she argued 
that diversity saved lives. And she went on to argue that, um, and this is the specific numbers. She said, research shows that black physicians are more likely to accurately assess black patients' pain tolerance and treat them accordingly. And she said, for high-risk black newborns, having a black physician more than doubles the likelihood that the baby will live and not die. Now, someone writing in the uh, Wall Street Journal today picked up on this. Um, and who was it that responded? Ted Frank, who's an attorney. Um, he picked up on this and he responded to the argument. And he said, a moment's thought should be enough to realize that this claim is wildly implausible. If 40% of the black newborns died, thousands of dead infants would be there every week. Even so, that's a 60% survival rate, which is mathematically impossible to doubt, to, to double. So the actual survival rate is over 99%. She's saying it's 60%, and she's, she, she's claiming that they save X percentage more lives, but she's saying it's, it's more than double. And that, that can't be doubled because you can't get 120%. But the actual survival rate of black babies is 99% in the country. It's very on par with Hispanic, Asian, white, everybody else. Um, and that's because we have really good health care in the United States. We, we, we don't have a lot of people who die in childbirth anymore. We did uh, in the era of, you know, industrialization and pioneer days and uh, other times when health circumstances were not as uh, sure as they are now. Um, that's really bad on Justice uh, Jackson's part because uh, Katani Brown Jackson, if she wants to be taken seriously on the court, when she dissents, she needs to have facts and use facts and use math that actually adds up. Otherwise, she's going to kind of become an asterisk and a footnote, and that's that's not what she wants her career to be. All right, Kevin McCullough, so glad to have had you with us. Uh, thank you for being here. If you missed any part of the broadcast, go get the podcast at any of your favorite podcast aggregators, and we'll see you next time. And I don't stand the guy.